0: hello everyone and welcome to the cold feet podcast join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health athletic development barefoot education washing the norm and so much more so dive in grab a hot cocoa and enjoy the episode before we start our podcast episode we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to tbsr to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion, well that, and they're 100% natural products, they're clinically effective ingredients and doses, and they're no hassle money back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off Ready. <laughs> Welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. For the first time ever in the history of our 43-episode podcast, we have not one guest, but two guests. So Woo-hoo! I'm honored to be have the, had the privilege both in the past and the future to work with these girls on our national-level uh, flag football team of Team Israel. But I'm going to pass the mic to them and allow them to introduce themselves. So,
1: Matt, Okay. My name is Mac. I'm 25. I live in Ashkelon. Um, I just started playing flag football three months ago, and my original sport is lacrosse. I've been playing for probably twelve years. Um, I moved here to play lacrosse and to work in lacrosse in Israel. So I've been playing on the national team for about three years and working with the youth here every day.
0: Well, thanks so much for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, Sean. Hi, guys, I'm Delaney. Um, I played I started playing flag football for the national team. Um, probably three months ago now <laughs> we played in the world championship in December um, and I my original sport is lacrosse um, as well as Mac and I moved here to work for lacrosse and to play lacrosse I've been playing for about 12 years um, Oh, also I'm 23 and yeah I'm just living in Ashkelon and coaching the youth lacrosse players well so, wow, it's so been fun
0: amazing first of all thanks so much for coming on the show I'm really happy to see you guys again What happened is uh, Mac and Delaney hit me up and like, Sean, can we use your ice bath? I said, yeah, we can also do a podcast in it. So that's what we're here today. And I just want to point out, Mac and Delaney started playing flag football three months ago. And just, what was it, a month ago? They competed for Israel against 23 countries and 42 teams to play for the ability to eventually get to the Olympics. So me as a strength and conditioning coach, Someone who has a strong base of athleticism, it's very likely that they could be taught any sport. They may not be good at it, but if someone has that strong base of speed and agility, they're very coachable. So these two girls here, it was really a privilege to train you. And we actually have practice starting again in two weeks.
2: Yeah. So I'm
0: very much looking forward to that. And what makes you girls unique is that you play not one sport at an elite level for Israel. You play two sports at an elite level. So Mike's on you. Can you just tell us what the lifestyle of playing being a dual athlete is
1: um yeah when I started football it was like this past summer a few months ago and at the time it was a pretty busy schedule trying to balance both I had lacrosse from 8 to 10 a.m in Ashkelon um and then like a lift from 10 to 11 and I would kind of mix up if I was doing the lacrosse lift or your lift for football and then rest recovery for a few hours throughout the day and then drive to Jerusalem. And we had practice from seven to 10 at night there. So there was a lot of two a days going on. Um, But now like we're kind of in more of a chill schedule. Luckily the tournaments haven't really overlapped too much. So it's, we're getting into a rhythm now.
2: Yeah. Um Basically like Mac and I, we live together, which is very helpful for like our workout routine and whatever. So we just um, actually wrote up like, uh, a month plan of like working out we're just kind of like right now we're training for lacrosse which is happening a world championships happening in June and June and um so now we're just kind of getting training getting prepared for that eating healthy working out focusing on muscle groups um we're touching our lacrosse sticks we're also still touching the football mm-hmm. training for football um we just kind of have fun we go out every day and we play some sports we play both of our sports and yeah Honestly, probably open to playing more sports. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Wow. do you Is this something that you'd recommend to other athletes around the world, specifically female athletes, like playing two elite-level competitive sports at once?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, cross-training, I feel like it's been touched on, at least in, like, college athletics in the U.S. I feel like I've heard about that. Um, but, for example, in football, I feel like working with you and working on so much, like, fast twitch muscles and like getting off the line fast and like cutting like all the cuts are so sharp and so quick because the play is only like three to five seconds long it really helped me with like my change of direction and quickness and um i can feel it already like translating to lacrosse i feel like i'm exploding faster out of my dodges so i think it's really cool you can take like different things from different sports and kind of like mix and match
2: um, same thing going along with Mac. Um, just the cross training, and I play midfield when I play lacrosse, and I was on defense in football. Um, so a lot of the defensive stance and the and the crossover step and switching directions. I think um, it's already I've already seen it translate to lacrosse. But um, just getting to my players quicker and shutting them down quicker. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so the cross training that has been like. Really ideal for at least lacrosse wow. and football. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so most ball sports specifically are going to have similar athletic attributes. You're going to have speed, explosive power, agility, reaction time. What is this exercise? Agility, reaction time. <laughs> and that's why I said before you can take any athlete and kind of give them the basic fundamentals. <laughs> they're all going to squat, they're all going to hinge, they're all going to be explosive, they're all going to burst. The large differences are, let's say, comparing a game of soccer to basketball or comparing basketball to tackle or flag football. And then while the explosive movements are the same, the energy systems are different. So tackle football and flag football players need that anaerobic energy, which if you're familiar, is that like one to seven second ability and then rest. One to seven second ability rest. Uh, Basketball or soccer, we have 90 minute games and I need that athlete to be able to not just repeated sprint back and forth like in flag, but actually be able to jog consistently the whole time. So the energy levels and uh, ways of training that are slightly different now. Mm You said a lot of things, both of you. You said like, we got to sleep good, we got to eat good, we got to train good, we got to recover good. Yeah. Can we delve into those different elements of, let me, let me clarify that. I think that dual wielding athletes, that's what I'll call it, is a great idea, but it will affect your recovery very much. As you mm-hmm. said, I'm doing a morning practice, an afternoon gym session, an evening flag practice, flag football practice. And my ability to, to train like an athlete is Um, dependent largely on my ability to recover if I can't recover properly there goes my hamstring yeah sounds familiar yeah (laughs) so so if I'm going to be playing this multi-level sport which you suggest what things must I do in order to not just survive and cling on to my bones and ligaments but actually thrive at my sport and excel without being injured
2: Mm -hmm. you really have to listen to your body any day, every day, any practice, like if your body's rejecting what you're trying to do, you need to stop. <laughs> and that's like the hardest thing that you could do as an athlete is to tell it, like step out of the drill or step out of the weight room or something because um, recovery is so important and just rolling out and Theragunning and um, drinking enough water um, and eating right. Um, we were eating really healthy. We were packing lunches. We were eating two lunches and two dinners a day because we would be training so much that we would have to eat and we have full meals. <laughs> All, every yeah. single meal we had and breakfast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you just have, really have to listen to your body and know when you need more water when you're dehydrated or when you need more food because you feel dizzy mm-hmm. or uh, because you're too, like, I don't know, you, <laughs> you feel run down, like you need to take a day off and really just recover your body. So, gotta add
1: on, yeah, just adding on, like I think it, I, we had to learn to be like mindful every day, <laughs> excuse me, um yeah it's 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 hard, but like even if you slack off for one meal one day, like you can feel it, and you can feel that you're not as recovered, like we it is kind of a sacrifice because we don't we're not like going out with friends and partying, and like alcohol is like so bad for recovering, so bad for the body and There's still a time and place for it but it's certainly not when you're training for a world championship or when you're trying to balance two sports um so yeah just being mindful about what we're eating making sure we get like i mean it's not that we track our macros but we're making sure when we're eating we're hitting all the macros we're getting carbs fats proteins vegetables like making sure we're getting everything like a full balanced meal every time that we eat and um yeah i think And another
2: thing going along with, like, eating right and, like, drinking enough water, it helps your sleep as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you'll sleep better at night if you, like, put enough nutrients (laughs) and enough, like, water and enough everything that your body needs. Your body will be able to relax and go to bed. So Mm -hmm. it'll definitely help sleep as well.
0: I really love and agree with what you said. I can't agree more. And I really like that you mentioned alcohol because especially in the tackle football world, the custom is we finish a three-hour practice and they go straight to the bar and stuff on hamburgers and yeah. beer. And I would say to them, guys, we have a game tomorrow. I'm doing Stop <laughs> being a party pooper. But guys, we have a game tomorrow. You just beat up your body for three hours. Now, I've tangented on alcohol before in podcasts, but I'll say it briefly. Your body views alcohol as a poison. So when alcohol is put in the system, your body shuts down other systems, such as the muscle recovery system, mm. the skeletal and bone growth system, the uh, neural capacity recovery system, which are all... Systems that need that we need and thrive off of in sports and practice, and it says I must get this alkalotomy system ASAP. So, if you have like a beer or two, it goes straight to the liver, and then the liver synthesizes it, and you don't get drunk, and then you're usually fine, and it won't be impairing your body too much. But the second you get even tipsy, it means that the body started shutting down already, and says I can no longer process this poison in my body. All systems shot, uh, sh- shut down the fat burning system, everything. So, mm-hmm. like athletes out there please drink have fun if you won the super bowl please go out with your friends and have plenty of alcohol that's okay you know we're human beings (laughs) like kind of like uh whatever that party that we had there although yeah yeah that was fine but it shouldn't be a habit and should be really really limited especially if you're having two a days and three a days and strenuous games and especially if you're injured like if you're injured alcohol should be uh forbidden if -hmm. you're injured like i had my bone break four weeks later i'm back doing pull-ups alcohol should be forbidden because you're literally. Taking something that is that is damaging you, kind of like cigarettes. It says smoking kills in it. Mm-hmm. Alcohol affects your recovery and your ability to perform. Um, when it when it comes to multi level sports, so my view as a strength coach is that when you're younger, as a kid, right now we're adults, <clears throat> you should be playing as many sports as possible. Now it doesn't mean that you should be gymming five days a week and playing baseball and soccer and curls and football because your body will get overwhelmed. But the more sports that and you kind of touched upon that when you said how much like carryover there is in the different yeah. sports and agility and change direction, explosive ability. Um, but you want to ensure that you're touching upon different sports that have different energy systems and different. Um, reaction times and different things but as you get older you don't want to be playing a gajillion sports because as you said it'll be too tiring mm-hmm. but I don't think there's anything wrong with playing two or even three sports as long as they have carryover mm-hmm. what I don't suggest is for example let's say competitive powerlifting which is like one rep max how much weight can I lift on the bar and then playing a ball sport as well we both know people who it didn't affect them so well because they're kind of on the opposite ends. Powerlifting, right. for example, is a sport where all you're trying to do is lift the bar for one rep for one second. It doesn't matter how explosive you are. It doesn't matter if your form is perfect. It just matters is, does my form match the powerlifting federation rules? Whereas soccer, football, lacrosse, these are all sports that need explosive quick burst fibers. So those will kind mm-hmm. of contrast, but multi-level sports are cool. Um, diving into food. So you said, we ate our macros, we are eating two meals a day and that was no problem. I'm so happy I'm hearing this because I've been coaching people for, I don't know, seven to 11 years. And we both know, all three of us know that eating disorders are prevalent, especially in athleticism, both in males and females. Mm-hmm. I've suffered from eating disorder when I was a teenager. And just the fact that you're like, no, 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 food is fuel. Mm-hmm. And I like to also add, food is not just fuel, it's yummy. I
1: <laughs> mean, yeah.
0: view it in a way, not just as like, I'm going to fill up gas, but oh my God, this chocolate cake is freaking tasty. So, can we just dive into that world a bit of like, food is fuel and tasty and it's not a bad thing. And if I'm a female athlete or male athlete, I might need two lunches and two dinners and how to not feel guilty about eating that much and realizing that it's good for our system.
1: Yeah. Um, What I found is when I started picking up my level of intensity in training, I obviously I needed more food, but I was like pretty stuck in like the three meals a day, like maybe have a snack and I would try to like, you know, hold off until the next meal, even if I was hungry and it, like, it wasn't serving me properly. It wasn't, I found that, like, I would do a worse job eating by trying to, like, wait till the next meal, because it would, like, add up and add up, and then I would have to, like, eat so much at night to, like, feel, like, like, comfortable, I guess, or, like, I would just be eating, like, random snacks throughout the day in between meals, Um, which, like, snacks are fine, but I feel like that's where you can really like go astray from like a proper meal plan
0: Structured. Yes, (laughs) exactly.
1: So now, I mean, I think we're both doing like, usually we're doing like four meals a day, like sometimes five, if we have two a days. Um, but I feel like cooking for yourself is like the best thing that you can do and cooking like a full meal or even if it's not cooking, even if it's like whipping up some oats, but like just making a full meal, of like whole foods that are like real foods, not like coming out of like a plastic bag or um, something you can buy like on the shelf in the grocery store, like getting whole ingredients and making the meal yourself is like the best thing you can do. And we're doing like four to five, like whole whole food homemade meals a day. And that's like when I'm seeing like the best results, I'm getting the best recovery. And um, like also the, the, the nice benis- benefit of like feeling better and looking better is coming from that too. Anything to add? Um. Yeah. So, um, like right now, or I guess it's been for the couple
2: of years. There's a new app, like women in sports who become like vegetarian or vegan, and like the only like way to like do that correctly, I would say, is if you like know your food sources. If you know where you're getting your protein from. If you know where you're getting like your carbs and your fats, and you need to like keep track of that because it's really hard to cut out animal products and get the right amount of protein or get the right amount of um, carbs, like whatever. Um, but anyways, just like knowing, knowing yourself and knowing your body and knowing how much protein to take in and how much like carbs to eat and all of that and getting that in every single meal every day. Um, it, yeah, so it is doable and it is manageable. Mac here. She's a vegan. So and she's doing great. She's she's recovering well, eating well, she's eating enough. And um but other than that, like I'm not I'm not a vegan or anything, but I do eat vegan meals with her. And it is. It does fuel me up. It does recharge my batteries and it is really good. So um just like a lot of
0: uh knowledge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You need a lot, time, n- you a lot of you need a lot of research to be able to do that.
0: Wow. So Whoa. So I don't want to delve too much down the vegan hole, but you do need to research your stuff. Like, s- you just came from Sarah's haircut, and Sarah's, Sarah's a, hair, a hairstylist. She's my wife. And she's constantly telling me how women come with their hair falling out. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm drinking enough water. And she's like, did you become vegetarian recently? And they're like, yeah, I stopped eating meat eight months ago. And she's like, well, are you getting vitamin B12? Are mm-hmm. you getting a protein? Uh. I sometimes have some tofu, like, you know, once a yeah. week. And like, No, no, no. If you're an athlete or if you're just someone who wants to perform well and have normal brain function, mm-hmm. we're not even talking about athleticism in this specific sentence, you must be having enough protein every day. If you want to go vegetarian for ethical reasons or health reasons, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to have their opinion and their belief system. But you must be subbing it out for something else. You can't mm-hmm. just ditch protein and be like, okay, I'm vegan now. I'll save the cows. Right. So I'm so, so happy to hear that both of you, I, I knew you weren't vegan. That's why I was confused for a second. You were kind of like yeah. p- pinching it for her. I think
2: it's like really impressive, honestly, what Mac yeah, does it's every hard. day. What it's Mac, harder. when she cooks and when she eats right and when she like feels her body properly, I think it's really impressive and I like really take after her for, for that.
0: Yeah, so. I, I think that the knowledge is power is key and you mm. must know what you're getting, how you're getting it. Charlie's yeah. featuring in the podcast here. And what your food groups are like—proteins, pro- carbs, fats, nutrients—you have to know how you're doing it. Uh, I want to dive a little bit. In anything else you want to add about nutrition and food and and anything in that rabbit hole? Eat. Eat. eat, eat. 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 eat food. food is fuel. Food is
2: fuel. It's so. the yeah. That's all. I'm
0: gonna food say. Food is eat. fuel. Food is yummy. Food is community. And I do want to add one note on When you said making food, <laughs> cooking food is part of the the enjoyable part of eating. When we look as food at o- as only fuel, it takes away the social aspect of food. We eat food together. We go out for birthday parties to eat. After a practice, we go out to eat. Uh, we have weddings with food. We have bar mitzvahs with food. After we go out of the cold bath and sauna, we need some like emotional nourishment. So we have food. Like we can't just view food as fuel. So when you cook it, when you sit with your friends and maybe play some guitar after, a thing, you turn the food not just into this. Oh, I must have my gasoline, but actually into this ceremonial. I'm fueling my body because I I appreciate my body for what it does to me and allows me to win so many gold medals or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's important to look at meals that way. In fact, I've enjoyed meals so much more. Let's say like a Friday night dinner where we sing and tell each other jokes and just spend time with family and loved ones versus like eating alone. and just like shoveling down some food because I'm hungry. I think Mm -hmm. we all relate to that. Um, Let's dive a little bit into like it ties into food, self-love and body image. And it also ties into strength training. Like the way I look at it as a coach is we don't just train to look good. We train to be functionally strong, but also always be accepting of our body and accepting of how we look. You know how there's like the stigma of like, women shouldn't lift and we're gonna look too masculine or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I think you are both role models for muscular, strong, beautiful women who who embrace the athletic life. So can we dive into that road a bit?
2: Yeah, so um, honestly, just like, yeah, just self-love and eating, eating right and keeping your mind right um i wanted to say something about like the whole like cooking food it's um kind of self-love for me to make my own like make my own dinners and stuff just because like of the smells and how you like put foods together and when it all comes together and it makes a pretty plate it's just like mentally it makes me happy happier um it's like a mental health thing like even like baking Um, just like kneading the dough or making cookies or anything that like involves with cooking and putting ingredients together. It's very like, put your phone down, like enjoy what you're doing because that really like, it'll be like the senses, like the feeling the food and like the smelling the food and everything like that will all help like your mental health that way.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So you
1: want to, yeah. Um, about strength training. Like I think. Strong is so sexy, and it's, like, so empowering to be able to, like, be strong and, like, work on yourself and work on, like, your your goals and be able to lift more weight and, like, work on your body and whatever, like, athletic goals. Um, and me and Delaney, I feel so grateful that we've both had the privilege to work with, like, so many um, youth players in this country. And we have, like, a weight room in our facility in Ashville, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, before every practice, like, we do um a session with the girls and you're right like the stigma is like they want to do like abs and yeah yes they want to do crunches and like run because like cardio makes you skinny right like that's what they think and it's like i mean yeah it's like tough for girls to get past and think like cardio makes you skinny whatever into like lifting weights is gonna make me strong and fit and like
0: and beautiful and
1: beautiful yeah like i think i mean i so much prefer the strong body to the skinny body, but um, yeah, but it's nice to work with those girls, and we're like slowly seeing them kind of like get a little more excited about like when they're going up in weight in the gym, and Sweet. that's that's really rewarding.
2: Um, another thing that I like to focus on, just quickly adding this in here, um, is that I don't even go- step on scales, like, mm-hmm. I don't weigh myself, I don't do anything like that. Um, I think that's only like mentally taxing, uh, mentally, like, emotionally taxing on you because. Uh, Fat is lighter than muscle, and muscle, like, as you're gaining muscle and you're becoming stronger, the scale will say that you're gaining weight. But really, you're probably just getting leaner and, like, building the muscle and, like, becoming fit. And um, so... What Mac and I like to do for when instead of stepping on scales is like pictures, taking a daily like
1: photo and seeing like the changes throughout the pictures. So tracking our weights. Like we write down all our workouts in a Mm -hmm. journal and we can see like in the past couple of weeks we've been like crushing. Like we're so excited. We're going up in weights every time pretty much.
0: So as your strength coach, I'm actually thrilled to hear that. So I'm so happy to hear it here strong is the new sexy like we got to get word like i have my paper in the gym where like we replace words of skinny with strong and like Mm -hmm. i'm weak to like i'm not strong yet that kind of stuff strong um um sexy skinny being sexy i mean everyone's entitled to their own opinions of what they find attractive but how can we change that message to women and men out there i I know that you're both female athletes but i've come especially as a trainer i've come across lots of men who have you know body dysmorphia issues as well what can we do to change that stigma of, like, the cardio bunny crunches and yeah. glute stuff for days? Um, the, way, the way I see it, and then I'm going to pass it on to you, is, as you said, instead of focusing on my body and my weight and obsessing about it, let's focus on performance. Mm-hmm. If I'm adding t- a five kilo to the, the barbell every time, I'm doing something right, and my body's going to feel it, feeling my clothes fitting better. Looking at before and after pictures is a much more substantial, rewarding way of doing it than stepping on the scale all the time and just and i have people come to the gym like oh i gained a pound at this or that hey we're gonna kill the workout today i want you to walk out of here feeling like a million bucks and breaking every record on, on on your squat and bench press and deadlift and you can be like oh my god i feel great so could we uh just dive into how can we change the stigma
1: yeah i like what you said about how you're changing like words we mm-hmm. do that too um we don't let anybody use the word skinny in our like lacrosse program yeah like Ah. whenever they say i want to be skinny we say you want to be fit oh um so yeah that's like kind of how we're changing it in their mind yeah
2: um something that i do
1: to just like show that i'm improving is to find
2: something that i'm really bad at like pull-ups or
0: not good yet
2: not good yet yes not good (laughs) yet i'm not good at like wasn't good at pull-ups a couple weeks ago i did pull-ups today and I did four sets of six. I mean, I did it with a band, okay. but I did it with, with a lighter band than last progressive overload. I felt good. And it makes you feel good when you find something bad that like or something that you're not good at yet. Thank you. And just doing it every day, just a little bit and seeing improvement. That's how I like to see
0: progressive it. overload. Yeah, I mean, I think sorry, Mac, you first.
1: Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh. I'm no, you.
0: no, I wanted you to uh, elaborate on the stick breaking the stigma.
1: Oh, um. I already
0: did. So I think that one of the reasons why weight training and strength training and all types of training is so beautiful. And Eitan, our lovely videographer who's behind the scenes here also is a very serious martial artist and uh, strength athlete who works out consistently here. Cameo. Um, Every day you're doing something to make you a better person. Every time you step into the gym, your progressive overload, the aspect of adding a weight every time. You're doing something to be a better person, and that carries over to everything. Like you're like when you do a good workout and you progress, you feel good for the rest of your day. So like the re- not just in sports, but in, in life, your better relationships with your boyfriends, girlfriends, dogs, neighbors, wives, husbands. Um, if you have any like passion, entrepreneurial projects you're working on, you just feel better. So and I found that at least the modern day entrepreneur, which I think we all are here, all works out we're all active. Like, I think we moved on from like the image of like a rich businessman with his belly, who was like in like a real estate in the sixties, where like mm-hmm. exercise wasn't a thing and a lot of smoking and a lot of whatever it was. Whereas like exercise and movement and strength training and mobility are mandatory part of someone who wants to be successful. You can't neglect your health and your fitness over like, I want to be rich or other things. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is we're all coaches, right? You Mm -hmm. girls uh, train the youth lacrosse team of Israel. Are they Mm going to be team Israel eventually? Yeah. So it's, I'm so like happy and grateful to hear that. Not only are you, I'm sure you're amazing coaches, but you're also living what, what you preach to them. Mm -hmm. Like you're eating well, you're sleeping well, you're recovering well, you're the perfect role models for them and kids. And I work with youth a lot. They are moldable clay Mm -hmm. which means that uh, silly putty if you're not an example like i've had so many coaches of mine who are like super out of shape and like Barely can run without getting gas. And like, once again, if they're 60 years old, like maybe they retired from the NFL 30 years ago. But man, if you're going to coach me, I need you to be a role model. If you're not going to be 50 years old, sorry, if you're 50 years old and you can't beat me in a sprint, that's okay. I'll be beating people when I'm 50 years old. But there's a reason why, like, I run the sprints with you guys. Because I'm like, if I'm going to make you go through it, I'm going to go through it too. And I think every coach has to be some sort of role model to their players. They don't need to be the best athlete on the field because they may be a good coach and not the star player. They don't need to be the fastest. They need to be in shape. Mm-hmm. They need to be a role model, and the fact that you girls are both in shape and setting that standard for your uh, youth players is important. Um, would you like to enlight- add, add value to that, enlighten that, say something about being like a role model for specifically for youth athletes out there?
1: Yeah, like I said before, like I feel so grateful, and um, this is like cliche, you know. The teachers say, like I teach <laughs> the kids, but they teach me every day. It really feels like that. Like they really yeah. inspire me and motivate me to work harder. Um, like for them and to set that example for them. And I've seen them come such a long way so far. And it's really, really exciting to watch them kind of pick up on like the, the kind of stuff and like the messages that me and Delaney and Sarah send to them. Um, They're like amazing young women. And it's like, I I have so much confidence that they're going to continue to grow and be able to play at the national level.
2: Yeah. um, I love playing with them in practice anytime I can get or lifting with them they motivate me just as much as i motivate them Mm -hmm. and i you can you just know that they're looking up to you like you're like they're god like they're like they're like wow like i want to be be, (laughs) (laughs) i want to be like her and the girls have come to us and they're like i want to be like you and then we ask them like okay like are you sleeping they're like well no well are you eating right they're like well i don't know so it's like nice For them to keep us in check of what our Mm. daily process is going but also like to ask them how they like ate that day Mm. or like how they slept like the night before or if Mm. they're like too stressed for school and like just trying to like get their minds clear at practice and like really motivate them as they motivate us
0: wow Mm -hmm. we keep on like repeating the same concepts (laughs) which is good like sleep (laughs) eat recover It's
2: like the most important in life. It is. Sleep,
0: eat, train, recover. I mean, or in some opposite order, I think is really key. But I also want to dive a little bit in and then we'll probably wrap up so you don't freeze your butts off. By the way, video people, it's winter. There's snow on the ground. Six degrees outside, (laughs) Celsius. There's snow on the ground and they're sitting in an ice bath, which I'm not. Finally. But we have a nice sauna waiting for them after. Yes so like we, there's the basics that. there's the basics there's food there's sleep there's training right mm-hmm. but there's also the small stuff which no one talks about i mean i speak about them a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. but like i like ground sitting as a perfect example i gave it to the girls last night when i was speaking to the under 18 uh, future flag football team Especially because they have lots of homework. So they sit in school all day for eight hours all like, they mm-hmm. kind of hunched over. Then they come home and they do homework and they're all hunched over. Then they watch a movie and they're all hunched over. That's not good for your mobility and that's not going to help your recovery. So like my main tip for athletes or my two main tips and I want you guys to share as well when you get home, sit on the ground as much as possible, or alternately move positions as much as possible. Like don't just sit on the couch for now and get all like tied up, especially if you have two a days, you wanna be moving as much as possible. So go from sitting, to standing, to kneeling, to sitting on the floor, to sitting on your beam back, to sitting on the couch, to sitting in a lunge position, just to constantly keep your muscles fluid and flow. And you'll notice when you do that over time, you won't be as tight and sore because you're not going from extreme sprint high level practice, sitting gym sitting you're actually just kind of always moving and your recovery will be much better Mm -hmm. and because i'm also known as sean feet for life get home take your shoes off okay just let your feet it's not like the magical remedy like i sometimes pretend it is but take your shoes off as much as possible because if you live in cleats cleats are notoriously narrow they're going to give you bunions they're not fun (laughs) and you just want to give your feet some love roll out your feet take your shoes off that's kind of my two cents um obviously spend some time working on your spiritual self and meditate and journal and like the little things which which give you the extra 10 so to speak um let's wrap up with what are your like pearls of wisdom that we can add to all the viewers and athletes out there listening
1: um mine would be just because we didn't touch on it at all but take care of your mental health that's what's going to allow you to like stay motivated and um keep your physical health up um and if that looks like taking a day off and doing you know instead of your like hard lift doing um something like that's gonna feel better on your body and on your mind like some days we just go for a walk on Mm. the beach and Mm. that's like kind of the mental reset we need Mm. um so i think yeah taking care of your mental health will like get you a lot farther than just like forcing yourself through things
0: what else, do you, uh, what else do you do for your mental health in your day-to-day as someone who plays multiple sports at a very high level? Because I think that is a topic that we should be speaking about.
1: Yeah, um, I like to have like a morning routine and mm. like a way to start my morning that's not... I'm just not like, you know, waking up to my alarm and like mm-hmm. feeling rushed to do all my million things I need to do today. Mm. I try to cut out like 30 minutes to an hour where... I can start my day like without looking at my phone i think that's really important so i can get like in the right mindset and like control Mm, my mood at the start of the day i love it um i like to read in the morning i like to have my coffee i've been drinking a green smoothie every morning recently (laughs) um yeah just like switching up it doesn't have to be the same thing every morning but just starting like in a mindful way that can like prep you to feel your best throughout the day
0: so i'm gonna give the mic to you in a second spending time away from your phone. That's Mm -hmm. huge. I don't think that we, in this current world that we need so many psychologists and would have so many mental health issues if let's say Instagram didn't exist and Facebook didn't exist and technology didn't exist. I think that they cause a lot of like social media causes a lot of time more harm than good because we're constantly trying to validate ourselves and compare ourselves Mm -hmm. to that lean, sick, sexy athlete. Who's so successful because she's been training for 30 years and we're just not there yet. And Time off your phone is a huge mental health aspect. Like when it comes to mental health for me, and I'm very like, I know I'm a dude, but I'm, I'm all about the emotional growth and journaling and meditating and breath work. Taking care of you is very important, but it's not just the things that you do for your mental health. It's the things that you don't do for your mental health. Right. So if like the first thing you do when you wake up is check your phone, you're basically releasing dopamine like, oh, someone sent me a WhatsApp, hooray, yeah. like Instagram. Oh, someone sent I me mean, Instagram. I feel so good. They like my post. You're actually releasing artificial—I mean, it's dopamine, but you're releasing dopamine for negative reasons based off how many likes I get in a post. Whereas if the first thing you do, and i, I live the same lifestyle—is mm. I don't bring my phone into my bedroom. I don't look at it for the first hour of the day. I'll do heat, I'll do cold, I'll do breathwork, journaling, and after I reflect on like what do I want to accomplish today, then I'll do the work I have to do from the phone. It's like I already got my spiritual validation for, from within, not from some artificial dopamine, right. Delaney secret pearls of wisdom
2: um mine is probably going to be uh, i have probably a lot but um the more the merrier it's okay i'm cold so i want to get <laughs> out of here <laughs> um mine is probably just to find something that makes you happy every day mm. um just doing mm. doing something like carving out a little bit of time every day to go for a walk or go outside and enjoy the sunshine i think the sun it affects me like crazy when for i'm the good for the good when I'm says in the, the sun, beach, says
0: the beach bum. When
2: I'm in the sun, I just feel like I'm a plant that's blossoming, and I just feel great. So, yeah. I, whenever it's sunny, I'm always trying to go outside and like sit in the it. sun for a while, read, or do it, really anything. Just find some time in the day, even if like it's ten minutes, to do something for yourself.
0: I love it. That's I, probably I, mine. I love it so much. I think that I do a lot of journaling. I find that a very, very key tool. Mm-hmm. And journaling, unlike strength training, you don't see the gains right away. You good? We're wrapping up. In the gym, Like you'll add five heels to the bar every time. You feel good. You're progressing every day. Journey yeah. is kind of like you journal, you journal, you journal, you journal, you journal. And then all of a sudden, a year later, you're like, oh my God, I'm a different human being. Yeah. I handle like, training three national teams at once and my running a gym and running a podcast and writing a book. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm not getting overwhelmed, which I don't think this was something that I would have been able to do a few years ago. We're all shivering before my journaling process. But one of the things I write in my journal whenever I'm having a long day is literally like goals today. So goal will be like, give all my clients high quality training sessions, edit the podcast and do something for myself. Like I'll write it down. I must do something that makes me feel good. And if I get to the end and I didn't do it, I'll go do it. Whether mm-hmm. it means, you know, going to Charlie with the park, and just enjoying nature, whether it means ha- watching uh, my favorite TV show or just something that makes you feel emotionally validated about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll finish the episode before you freeze to death. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and freezing your butts off. This is both the first double podcast, and yeah. Anything you want to add before we wrap up,
1: Sean? You're so awesome. We love you as a strength coach. Um, you don't we're have gonna, to. We're gonna plug you, you on your own that. podcast, That's, that works. Um, yeah. No. Thank you for having us. It's yeah, been sure. really fun working with you. And. Um, being able to do this and use the ice bath here too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the good news is they have lacrosse practice in like an hour or two. So they <laughs> got to go. run.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: next week, we're starting flag football again. <laughs> Woo! That's, tournament. That's all for today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yeah, let's get you girls in the sauna. Woo-hoo!
1: Let's do it. Thanks,
0: Sean. What is it? Mishpacha in three. Mishpacha. Mishpacha. Oh my gosh, it's so cold in here. Wait, stay. Hey, I'm Sean and I'm the Barefoot Athlete. And I wanna welcome you on this six week Barefoot Transition Course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years in cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're gonna dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, shoulder mobility. You're gonna dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're gonna learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, You're ready to rumble, move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself your friends your loved ones in your community tons of strengthening tons of footwork and we can guarantee you that in six weeks time you will be much much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear and the best part of it all you're not limited to six weeks so if you want to go back and repeat a phase you're more than welcome to so let's go come along and enjoy the course